the Chinese year of the Eastern Bulldogs. Welcome to Talking Istanbulics with me, Jorma Kirko, and him, Ray Mack. And where else will we be but just sitting back in our local juicer, our main sponsors, of course, James Joyce Irish Pub, Istanbul, after actually Jorma's recent holiday. And remember, you can also find some of our old Black Milkshake episodes on Grow Radio UK, home of the biggest selection of podcasts around the clock and today's show is brought to you by <laughs> 40 plus gentleman's magazine you horn dog <laughs> you can't call the audience horn dogs ray anymore anyway uh it's good to be back after a, a week away uh recording a little bit later this week because ray's had the sniffles you sound in better ray yeah You're looking better too yeah. for that matter yeah <laughs> so, uh, uh, a few uh, old uh, hot toddies, Jimmy. A few hot toddies, yeah. Yeah, and probably the uh, the roofies and baileys that I brought you back from Serbia was uh, quite helpful as well. Anyway, uh, this week's show is more filled than Katie Price's lips. Uh, world-renowned psychiatologist Dr. Bruce Himmler will be probing Ray a little later on. Always up for that. Yeah. And we've got through our false hits and tell, as always. And we're going to start off, as per usual, with Morgan Friedman reading us his latest poem, Shakers, about his holidays. Hi, Shakers. I'm back from my vacation in Canada. As regular listeners to the show know, my wife and I were in need of a break to rekindle the romance. So I took her up to Vancouver for a few romantic days away. Now North America is a mighty big place and Canada is even bigger than that. On the surface, people might not realize that Canadian culture differs in some ways from normal culture. Their communist healthcare, their cuisine, and even how they make love. Now, I know that some listeners like Jeff and Galway want to hear more about culture on this show. So I thought I'd share how my wife and I went to the wilds of Canada and lived like the locals. So here is The Consequences of Canadian Love by Morgan Friedman. To a northern land my wife was taken. To the homeland of Canadian bacon mountains and tall trees where birds do chirrup a land of donuts and maple syrup maybe our marriage has turned a bit rocky so buy her flowers and watch the hockey flowers didn't wash so i bought her jewelry and then back to the hotel for some tomfoolery canadian food playing strip poker a better deal than i thought i could broker romantic games and it all got sticky Protein stuck in the hairs round my dickie. My wife fared worse with the Alberta beef. Cowboy cupcakes cemented as she queefed. We tried to dislodge it with soap and water, but she hollered, and I just couldn't stop her. Next morning, we had it all cleaned and waxed. Thank God the beautician that we asked knows Vancouver kinks and depiling hair. 
at a price that most would reckon quite fair. Oh, Canadian intimate waxing, you made our sojourn much more relaxing, though our long marriage is back in the groove, despite our pubes having to be removed. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Nice touch, that, isn't it? <laughs> a nice touch, indeed. It is, yeah. Do you know, <laughs> back the, with Avengers. <laughs> it is, yeah. Do you know the strange thing about that? Um, obviously, you know, Morgan sent me uh, the poem whilst I was on holiday, and I, I was in um, Budapest for four days and uh, Belgrade for three days last week. And when we were in Budapest, strangely, I couldn't believe it because Morgan had just sent me that poem. I saw one of these beauty salons and in one of the windows, you know, when there's one of those times when you wish you had your camera with you and, well, you might have your phone with you, but the battery's gone and you wanted to take a a photograph. Well, I saw this grooming parlor for uh, ladies and uh, metrosexual men and um, it was advertising Brazilian waxing. It was of tie landing strips or whatever they call them and then another thing that was on there was actually canadian hair removal could you believe and i was laughing my head off at it because you know canadian hair removal all i could think of is you know are they going to get a set of garden shears or something or an old lawnmower and i i told my wife about it and she said oh we've got to find it and take a photograph of it but we could never find the street again unfortunately and then Morgan comes up with that, of all things. But it is, but I, actually he was talking, you know, you said like Canadian, but I'm more familiar with uh, Thailand. Actually, Thailand, South Korea, Turkey, Brazil, uh, Spain and the States, they're the leaders of laser hair removal or yeah. the wax industry. That's Jimmy, uh, if you're in need of a trimming, Jimmy. A trimming, Jimmy. Yeah, <laughs> a trimming, yeah, yeah. Jimmy. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if this was a trim or a wax or what, but... Um, but it fascinated me, actually. And I, I went on to chat GPT afterwards and, yeah. uh, and just thought to myself. I, I w- went on had a little discussion with chat GPT about, you know, I pretended that I wanted to set up a, a beauty salon and what could I do? Because I wanted to very much, I pretended I was Canadian and I wanted to set something up that, you know, was cultural specific and it was about Canadian um, hair removal what what would it mean and apparently there isn't anything specifically called that so i asked if we could involve if we could make a product for waxing that might involve certain products such as uh you know very typical canadian products like canadian bacon um (laughs) donuts uh maple syrup and things like that and it turns out most of those things are dangerous uh, so I even asked about, you know, because they're into the ice hockey and all that and those big costumes that they wear. And it all sticks together with Velcro, doesn't it? So I asked ChatGPT if you could actually use the Velcro from an ice hockey costume. And uh, <laughs> the conversation went on for a long time. Uh, apparently not. Apparently none of those things are beneficial. So if anyone at home actually knows what Canadian hair removal is, uh, please let us know. Um talkingistambullocks.gmail.com oh, yeah. <laughs> let us know I'm going to stick to the maple syrup Jimmy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, a wee visit, and a wee visit to the Rockies but you were talking about uh, you were talking about earlier on Jimmy and I know that you are in Belgrade but let's go back to Budapest mm-hmm. I got a little nice rant for you kind of crazy though Win 
Oh, Buddha. Buddha and Pest were all growing together, Jimmy. Mm -hmm. They decided to join together to form Budapest, yeah. originally named Pest Buddha, and later changed to satisfy the public. Buddha was known for stately quarters and high class, where Pest was more regular and lower class. Both cities were connected, Jimmy, by the magnificent River bridge. Dan, yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. And actually, it's uh, known as the Chain Bridge. Mm -hmm. you, you were there. You must have visited the Jimmy. We spent yeah. about two hours there. Yeah, I, I've been to Budapest a couple of times before. We were actually there uh, mainly to meet the wife's family. But uh, we were staying on the Pest side. Um, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd stayed on the Buddha side before. So we went down to the Parliament, which is quite near to... Uh, Quite near to the uh, the bridge, isn't it? The impressive bridge. Yeah. The old buildings, Jimmy. Did you see the uh, the bullet holes? I didn't actually. I was looking for them. I'd seen them before. Uh, yeah. Didn't really see any. I wonder if they've been doing a bit of um, you know Canadian grooming to the buildings. <laughs> no, I hope, Jimmy. I, I really hope that they're not going to revamp. That's going to take away the whole. You know what happened in Budapest? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a testament of actually what happened. Was it? 1956. Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, nationwide revolution. Jimmy, I bet you made a pig of yourself. You must have tried the old paprika. Invented in Budapest. Paprika. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The, the food was quite enjoyed the food. I had better food in Belgrade, I have to say. Uh, but the, the selection of beers is phenomenal in Budapest. When I first went there 20 years ago, they only did, did you visit the old, they only the did old, hold on yeah. when i went there yeah. 20 years ago they only did lagers and the lagers were poor but now you've got these most amazing craft beers and i'm not the biggest craft beer person but there's something for every taste there and i was drinking this uh, apricot wheat beer oh god it was beautiful absolutely is it, beautiful is it still cheap jimmy yeah. It's been at least over 10 years since we were there. It, it's, uh, Belgrade is a bit cheaper than Budapest, but for eating and drinking, yeah, it's cheaper than Istanbul. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have said uh, that at one point, would you? Just, out of, just for the record, folks, uh, Istanbul, you're paying around five US dollars for a pint right now. Um, Budapest, oh. you're paying about three. I loved all, all those bars. I think it's called the Old Rune Bars. It was where the um, they revamped them and refurbished them mm -hmm. back in the day. I don't know, but it's full of bars, clubs, blah blah blah. Oh, it's it's all, full of the old ghettos used to be there. Yeah, back yeah, in the yeah. Day. It's got it's a wonderful, wonderful city. I mean, uh, we even had a night where uh, we went to the opera. We watched um, a Tchaikovsky opera in this beautiful opera house. And then uh, after we, we'd finished that, um, ended up in an Irish pub, strangely called James Joyce, just like this one, uh, yeah, just to watch yeah. the end of a football match. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a phenomenal place, really. But it was also your anniversary, so that was nice. Yeah. And Valerie loves her classical music. But a final bit of information for all the shakers out there. Rubik, the inventor of the famous Rubik Cube, mm -hmm. was born in Budapest. And by the way, Jimmy, I swear to God, Hand on heart, swear on my dog. I've never solved one of these in my whole life. I'm not surprised, Ray. <laughs> but you're not. You keep your little uh, snickering away like a good lad. <laughs> for that kind of shite. <laughs> Bollocks. True or false? 
Yeah. you're not going to get this glass of beer in the face sometime. <laughs> Come on. I, you're pissing me off, annoying me. John Ernest Briggs, better known for his role as Mike Baldwin in mm-hmm. the soap opera Coronation Street, appeared in a short role in the Stanley Kubrick classic Clockwork Orange. Wow, from Rubik to Kubrick. Uh, is that oh. what his name was, John Ernest Briggs? Yeah. I, John I, I knew Ernest. he was called Johnny Briggs, but he was in a Clockwork Orange, was he? Yeah. You, well, that's what you're questioning. Uh, I've never seen it. Um, don't know why I've never seen it, but I haven't. Uh, I'm thinking when would that have been from around late 60s, would it have been, Ray? Seventy. Yeah, go on. Yeah, quick Google. Um, I have no idea. Uh, I've never, obviously, I've never seen um, Johnny Briggs in anything else other than um, Coronation Street. Uh, he could have had a career before it. Well, he must have had something. Uh, probably, if that was his first film experience and it was banned in so many places, might have made him decide he wanted something steady. So I'm going to go for yeah. Good boy. I'm a right folks. <laughs> <laughs> it was John Savadin, butcher extraordinaire. I say, I say, I say, Fred, I say Ashley. I say, Fred Elliott <laughs> appeared in the Clockwork Orange. <laughs> also appeared in wow. Phantom of the Opera in the West End. Uh, well, I say, well. Oh, my drugs. God rest his beautiful soul, Jimmy. John passed away last week, February 21, age 86 years old. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Shakers. Uh, he was Weatherfield's very own foghorn, leghorn, <laughs> and master, <laughs> master, master butcher. <laughs> you were waiting for something dirty, weren't you? <laughs> I was thinking of bakers. <laughs> in, the, in theory, he believed if a thing was worth saying, it was worth saying twice. Yeah, he did, didn't he? <laughs> the most famous recipient of his famous two for ones was his estranged <laughs> lad, Ashley Peacock. Yes, I remember him. But good old Fred also delivered plenty in his local juicer, the Rovers. Just usually, as he was about to leave. Jimmy, I love this. He was a great man for advertising. If you like a blood sausage, Elliot's on gas station. Mention my name. (laughs) Jimmy, (laughs) wait a minute. You have to have the pervy face when you do that. (laughs) And the perfection. The tongue is out, Jimmy. And lick, lick, lick lipping. Let's try it again. If you like blood sausage, <laughs> I say, if you like blood sausage, <laughs> Elliot's on gas station, mention my name. 
pervy face and the tongue out to me. Oh, he was lovely, him, wasn't he? I know. And you know, his last words on the soap uh, with his on and off love, Audrey, was, be happy, I say, be happy. Oh. Before, before he collapsed, Jimmy. Let's stick well, with uh, just Kari, Jim. All right, just before you do, though, I don't know if you saw, Ray, that uh, one of the hairy bikers died today. No. Yeah. The, uh, the one who was the slightly smaller one, I think he was called Dave, Dave, Dave Price. Nice fella. He had cancer, apparently. So, well, it's becoming a regular thing, isn't it? These uh, great TV and radio people from yesteryear all popping off. Jesus Christ. Yeah, sad that. So I saw him on TV in November and he looked really poorly. I reckon he was, you know, he lost a lot of weight and he was looking kind of greeny yellow, you know. Um, yeah, they were lovely, those two. Anyway, RIP, Dave. RIP, RIP. Now, Jimmy, my podcast, but for a bonus point, Bet Gilroy's famous catchphrase was, What can I do for you? Big John Thomas Langer. <laughs> what? Cock. Cock. <laughs> what can I do for you, cock? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lot of people in the north of England call you cock as a term of endearment. Yeah, really. <laughs> but with Seriously. her, it was always, <laughs> always that bit saucy, wasn't it? In the leopard print. Oh, I tell you. Uh, Julie tops good with here. that cleavage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and the beehive haircut as well <laughs> yeah she'd make she'd make she'd make a cow jealous <laughs> <laughs> Julie Goodyear barmaid come landlady of the Rovers it was a question uh, she would ask breezily with Jimmy with total menace off on both pal it was a bloody statement Jimmy it simply said I'm in charge <laughs> cock yeah, exactly, exactly. Next up, Jimmy. <laughs> so I am, as we're on the car. So I am. Oh, God. Jim McDonald, of course. Well, when Jimster started on Coronation Street, he gave too many variations of so I am, so it is. And when he ended up in jail, Jimmy, he expanded his repertoire with the much talk of the big house. The big house. You want to find yourself in the big house, Stephen. <laughs> Seriously, though, Jimmy, miles and miles ahead of EastEnders. EastEnders yeah. was the most depressive 30-minute plus of utter, complete, scutter, shite, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fred Elliott and Reg Holdsworth were two incredible, <laughs> lovely, funny, <laughs> funny characters. I love them in Kari. I say I loved them in <laughs> Kari. Did you, Jimmy? Yes, I loved it. In the 80s and early 90s, it was extremely funny. It was funnier than a lot of the sitcoms that were on. And um, I just liked it because it was just a slightly eccentric look at ordinary life. Whereas if you looked at EastEnders, everything, there was no humor. Everyone in EastEnders started everything with, Oi, I want a word. It was always that, I want a word. And it's got... Coronation Street shit though these days they're trying to keep up with these standards and they've always got you know there's either a bomb on the tram line or you know you've got terrorists or Jehovah's Witnesses or all of these unbelievable things that but that's on. when you that's when you probably loved it as well Jimmy just like yeah. yourself in the 80s late yeah. 80s uh, early 90s yeah. but seriously Jimmy you're going to love this last piece of useless information Shakers Jimmy 
It involves, yet again, the famous town, Ballina, west of Ireland, Mayo. My mates and I played pool, Jimmy, with Norman, Arthur, Curly, Watts, also from Corrie, back in the early 80s, Jimmy. He was related to the owner of Fox's Pub near the River Moy. River Moy, very Mm -hmm. famous uh, bridge uh, and uh, great for salmon. That's where Jack Charlton used to uh, do his fishing in Ballina where he would frequent every summer. Real name, Kevin Kevin Kennedy. Kennedy. His mummy was from Dublin. (coughs) So I'm Mm -hmm. putting together, uh, this is actually kind of a guess, his granny or granddad was from Ballina. Quite possibly. He was a mad alcoholic, wasn't he, in real life? That's what. I was about to go into, you know Jeffrey, our friend Jeffrey. Listen Uh to this. Before I go into the Jeffrey party, because he told me this, I took him out uh, a few times when I say I took him out, I took him out on the pool table, Jimmy. No, <laughs> seriously, I showed him a trick or two on the pool table. Not one to brag, Jimmy. Who, Jeff or Kevin Kennedy? Me. I'm talking about me playing pool sham. Pool against shark. who, though? Jeff or Kevin Kennedy? Against against Kennedy. All right. Okay. Did you? It's a simple. It's a simple game, Jimmy. It's not pocket science. <laughs> <laughs> now, the juicy information, Jimmy, is this: our avid listener. And talking Istanbulic's critic, Jeffrey Maguire from Ballina. Curly Watts tried, I'd stress this, Jimmy, he tried to get it off with Jeff's, with Jeff's, with Jeff's thin girlfriend in Tingle's nightclub in Ballina. A great nightclub, by the way, back in the early 80s. Yeah, Mr. Kennedy didn't have it, actually, by the short and curlies. (laughs) And you can sing that cock. (laughs) <laughs> he was told he was told to sling his feckin' hook, Jimmy. <laughs> Don't mess it about an arm, pal. <laughs> yeah. True story. Oh, my dog, Jimmy. Wow. And a true story about Jeff Jeff McGuire. There you Did go. Did not know that. Did not know that. I heard that he used to do a lot of his drinking in Ireland because people used to leave him alone. I didn't know that, Jimmy. It was mm. Jeffrey that said to me uh, two days ago. He said oh, that wow. he was. A Huge, massive alcoholic. Yeah, I, I read about it about six months ago. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. I didn't oh. know. I never heard of it in my life. Well, there you go. It, it's a lot more discreet to drink in Ireland than it is in the UK. Mm. The, the press are not as much in your face. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Well, just before things get really out of hand, uh, I'd like to say something serious for a moment. There's a friend of the show in California called uh, Mark Jennings who listens every single week and comments on each one. And unfortunately, his wife, Ilona, who's the main breadwinner in the family, has been diagnosed with um, breast cancer. And fortunately, it looks like she's going to be okay, but she needs weeks of recovery after the uh, chemotherapy before she can return to work because... They live in the land of the free, of course, and that means that they're so free they can only get 10 days of paid sick leave per year, even after something as serious as that. And frankly, it is terrible. And frankly, it's going to be really tough to buy uh, food and pay bills when she is not working for several weeks, maybe a couple of months. Anyway, uh, Mark and Ilona's daughter, Grace, to set up a GoFundMe account, and it would really mean the world to these wonderful people. If you've got a spare shekel or two, 
um, if you give donate if you give a donation to help them buy food and pay bills during this very difficult time um, the web page is www.gofundme.com forward slash f forward slash support dash for dash ilona that's i-l-o-n-a dash during dash cancer dash journey um the link will be in the episode description for this episode um so i'm also going to put it on the talking istanbul facebook page and hopefully it'll go on uh, black milkshake as well that would mean a lot for some really decent people who've been dealt a terrible hand of cards um in the last few years so all contributions would be very very gratefully received of course i'm so sorry to hear that jimmy well firstly uh thank god ilona is okay and on the mend Mm. uh goes without saying it's been a very traumatic time for her and mark and the family of course so sending all our love uh from myself and everybody here best wishes from everybody here in istanbul and shakers seriously uh give a little as I say, give a little, it would help a lot. Like Jim Prister, like Jim Prister said earlier, the link will be on Black Milkshake Facebook page and of course uh, Talking Istanbulics Facebook page. Yeah, As yeah, well definitely. as the notes that you found this podcast on, whichever site you found it on. Yeah, please, give a little it would, it would help seriously a lot. Thank you so much. Alright, thanks very much. And now for something completely different. Dr. Brutus Himmler is the world's leading psychiatrologist. From his clinic in Beltsville, Maryland, he's helped thousands to unlock their inner selves and embrace all their disorders and especially hypersexual ones. Himmler uses radical cognitive behavior techniques and novel polygraph insertion to get to the bottom of your problem. Brutus Himmler Institute of Psychology Working out your inner psyche Rectal polygraphs up your hiney No more lies when it's up your bum Solving problems, we get the job done Brutus Himmler's Institute of Psychology Alright, well spring's on its way and that means people are feeling that bit more positive and energetic. And while that's generally a good thing, leading psychiatologists have noticed that it can affect certain people like uh, Raymond here in a rather unnerving way as that spring in his step can easily turn into a lusty wink and before long there are knickers all over the country being stolen from washing lines once again. Now, the good thing is that Ray's been a devotee of Dr. Brutus Himmler, the world's leading psychologist for several years now, and he's always willing to seek help if he feels the warning signs are there. And the Dr. Brutus Himmler Institute of Psychology helps Ray to get to know himself a bit better and leads him not into temptation and delivers him from evil. <laughs> no, um, no, it's, it's good that we can talk about this openly, Ray. Really, but uh, a few, a few simple uh, probing questions, Ray. If you'll, if you'll pardon the pun. Now, you, you've had much harder questions than this before, so don't worry too much about it. Just relax. You know, take in the atmosphere. Yes, uh, you know, take it all in. Come on. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
bit of roofies and a bit of Baileys. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the roofies yeah. and Baileys might help a little bit. Okay, uh, if you're ready. Uh, okay, uh, Jazz, yeah, I, I, yeah. Jazz is done? Yeah, done. Okay, good. Uh, apologies, Ray. Uh, running a little low on um, Vaseline at the minute or uh, Kerrygold. But I do have a nice bit of Branston pickle, um, if, if that's all right with you. It should uh, <laughs> loop things up nicely. So uh, it's, it's 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 cool. It's been in the fridge. You got very exotic, Jimmy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's the problem. That's the problem with these yeah. lubricants. For all they used yeah. to do, you might as well stick them up your arse. Um, so let's let's just insert the uh, the polygraph. Here we go. Oh, good lad. Yeah, brace yourself <laughs> and let's go. Okay, Ray. Uh, question number one. It's multiple choice as ever. How many women? How many women have you had intimate relations with? Is it A, over 24,014, B, zero to one, or C, I'm not sure? Not sure. Okay. All right. In guitar music, Ray, um, what's the name for a catchy rhythmic figure? Is it A, a riff, B, an elf, or C, a milf? <laughs> you put me off now with the last one. <laughs> 40 Plus yeah. Magazine made me say that yeah. about Mills yeah. as part of this week's sponsorship. <laughs> but, uh, you know, with me into music and stuff, but have mm. to be a riff. Exactly. Okay, good. Okay, uh, easy one now, really. Uh, question three. Which letter in the alphabet uh, comes between H and J? Is it I, Z, or X? I. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Um, baking. So in baking, what is the verb that means to work moist flour into dough? Is it A, bake, B, drizzle, or C, knead? So you've got your flour, you've mixed it with the, the water and the salt and a yeah. little bit of yeast in there, and you're kind of pushing it in with your uh, with your fists, you know, to get it into shape. Is that baking, drizzling, or is that kneading? Jesus Christ. I don't know if it's baking <laughs> or kneading. Well, which one does it sound most like? I mean, uh, so if, you, if you're baking it, that's got to be in the oven, hasn't it, surely? Yeah, it's definitely not that. Yeah, drizzle. So I'm going to go for. I'm not, I don't know. I like. I like the old drizzle, but um, it has to be neat. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good reasoning. Um, now, number five. Um, what is a slang word for to disrespect somebody that's popular in the hip hop subculture? Is it a felch? B Dis or C Womble. Oh, number two, disc. Don't diss me, man. Okay, all right. Um, if you were on holiday in Hungary as a younger, more single man, I'm sorry, this is a bit rude. This question, uh, but if you were on holiday Wouldn't in be Hungary, your first time. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> if you're on hungry, if you're on hungry, uh, if you're on holiday in Hungary as a younger, more single man, which one of the following amusing words would you least like to have contact with your mouth? A. Pussy. B. Sausages. Or C. Shite. Nice. All right, good. And you know what the amusing thing is? The word pussy in Hungarian means kiss, and the word shite means cheese. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, t- the, test, the test is over. Um, as always, the results are pretty instantaneous, and the waves are coming up on my screen as I speak. Um, it would appear that as usual, you, you've been at least 90% truthful, according to the rectal polygraph. So to summarize the answers that you gave, you seem to have said, I'm not sure, Riff, I need this shite. <laughs> oh, um, Dr. Himmler is typing a message to me on the telex machine right now as we speak. Uh, it's coming through. He says that, well, this is very positive that you're, you're being more assertive now. Um, he said, but you must be mindful that denial is not only a river in Egypt, but also <laughs> one of the symptoms you were displaying when you first went into him for support after that incident with the milkmaid. Um, for that reason, Dr. Himmler is strongly recommending that you don't stop taking the uh, fluoxetine to control the hypersexual urges and that you check into his clinic in early April if you don't stop getting those erections when you're on the bus in the morning. <laughs> Sounds okay with you, Ray? Oh, okie dokie. <laughs> Listen to the good doctor. <laughs> Are you taking a piss? Kiss and tell. That's right, we want you to spill the detail on your first date escapades, and we decide if it's in his kiss or just taking the piss. Ever had a date that left you wondering? Share it with us. We'll read it out on air and let's dive into the drama. So send an email to talkingistanbollocks at gmail.com and let's kiss and tell because every great story starts with a kiss. Are you taking the piss? Dear Ray and Yorma, love the show. I thought I'd share a little story from Christmas with a girl that I'd met at a summer function at the Sussex Economics Forum. The conference was tremendous fun, but during a break, I heard him make a very witty joke about the famous economist John Maynard Keynes, and I was smitten and asked her out. I was unsure of how she would respond, but I knew that there were at least three possible outcomes. Anyway, she said yes, and she became my lover, and I suppose I hers, spending virtually every night together thereafter. Now, growing up, I was always very fond of keeping scrapbooks, filled them filling them with the cherish filling them with cherished memories like holiday photos, tickets from my first cricket game, a map of the London tube, and the certificate I won, oddly, at the Rubik's Cube competition in Hastings when I was eight. Isn't that strange? Uh, little did I know that my passion for documenting moments would come back to haunt me in a way I could never have anticipated. 
At Christmas, in front of my family, my then-girlfriend presented me with an illustrated journal encapsulating every detail of our relationship, meticulously recorded from our first date to the present, spanning about six months. So the journal included movie ticket stubs from our initial rendezvous, even the receipt from our second date at Nando's, which led me to believe she'd been planning this surprise for quite a while. However, what started as a thoughtful gesture took a sharp turn into the realm of graphic awkwardness. On the fourth page, she'd actually sellotaped the wrapper of our first shared Durex pack and dated it complete with smiley face stickers and the inclusion of frowny face stickers on days marked by our disagreements. One particularly memorable entry, if you'll pardon the pun, boldly declared in large text, we tried to have sex today, but you couldn't do it. There were more tickets, receipts and invoices that were innocuous, but annoyed me somewhat as all of these tickets and receipts were tax deductible and in this damaged state, totally unusable. Then I noticed that she'd stuck a picture of me reluctantly wearing the mankini that she bought me for an alleged joke for my birthday. There were a few love hearts and standard photos, and then she'd screenshotted a back massager from Amazon that was not really for massaging backs, and had a smaller head and a larger head quite close to each other with the words, all I want for Christmas is... The discomfort in the room was palpable, and all the while she sat next to me beaming like I'd just won the lottery. Before too long, she got into a fight with my father about Brussels sprouts, and he quite understandably threw her out of the house. She said to me, are you coming or not? And I politely sat watching the King's speech so as to avoid conflict. The next day, I called her, but she hung up on me, and I'm still not quite sure what I did wrong. But a week later, I got a UPS parcel in the post with the Christmas present that I'd laid out over £500 on. I could understand if the chemistry was just not there, but I would have thought that any woman would have been glad to receive a Dyson V15 Detect vacuum cleaner for Christmas. I don't want to be unkind to her, but I suspect that I may have been too good for her. Was she taking the piss? All the best. And that's from Johnny. R- rubber Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Durex. I think there might have been two different kind of things going on there. They probably weren't ideal soulmates, were they? Bison were dead there, pal. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I knew somebody once who had two girlfriends. Neither of them knew about each other, and he got them both a vacuum cleaner for Christmas, and they both dumped him. <laughs> worse we're getting <laughs> yeah um i think johnny you're probably best shots of it but then again i think you you should have stuck up for a bit more but then again it was a bit creepy wasn't it with the rubber johnnies in the package no back yeah, no, definitely and, and, that, uh, and that back massager i, I know what those are back <laughs> massages from amazon <laughs> yeah because they, they can't label them as what they really are, can they? They have to call them body massages. <laughs> oh, Johnny, oh, Johnny, 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 Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, come yeah. lately. <laughs> jo- Johnny hasn't come lately, but I think that the girl would have liked that very much. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well. Yeah, I think you best shot. You best shot of her. Black Milkshake, best post of the week.
Are you ready? Is it yep. recording? Yep. Wait a minute. There's some shite here in the way. Wait a minute. Okay, out of the way. Three, two, one. Actually, uh, Jimster, uh, March is just around the corner, pal. Tomorrow, actually. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I, I thought it was another two days to go. Uh, not just because, simply because, Jimmy, it's uh, St. Patrick's weekend and stuff. But seriously, that St. Patrick's weekend, Shakers and Jimmy, is also my wedding anniversary. Oh, I'll wow. never forget my anniversary. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you couldn't have your anniversary on Very wise, weekend. Ray. Very wise. Very wise. Plus, Scotland will be playing Ireland in the Six Nations, and that's the last game. When's that? And Is that the last uh, week of March? Yeah, it's the 17th of March. Oh, St. Patrick's weekend itself, then. Yeah, and also Manchester United and Liverpool uh, FA Cup quarterfinals. Jesus, that's a shitload of stuff that weekend. Mm-hmm. And scoops of intoxication. You up for it, Jimmy? Yep. Might even, might even get a room at James Choice. Actually, Who knows? something. I might as well. And leave mm-hmm. the wife at home. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the week comes in from Emily. No surname given here, Jimmy. But she said, Hi, Emily. Uh, yeah, she worked in a Scottish hairdresser's Scissor me timbers. <laughs> no, actually, this is a true story, Jimmy. And another coincidence. Let's go back a little bit to uh, the kiss and tell thing about uh, the Rubik Cube. Yeah. Well, this actually is a coincidence with uh, the hair removal thing, Jimmy. Yeah? Oh, God. <laughs> I was visiting my grandmother. And had asked to borrow her scissors. Not telling her what I needed uh, them for. I heard her rummaging around in the kitchen and figured she was getting them out of the utility drawer that she throws all her varied odd junk into, right? Mm. So off I went to my room and trimmed my hair down there. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't need to show me that <laughs> I did come on you're beside me especially after win. the psychiatology I've already seen enough today <laughs> and I went <laughs> to take a shower to finish with a shave mm-hmm. I left the scissors on my bed when I went to take my shower you dig mm-hmm. when I got back out of the shower they were gone what so I got dressed and went out to find my granny tossing a salad the scissors <laughs> were sitting on the counter right next to the salad bowl Jimmy oh that kind of tossing the salad I thought yeah, you meant the rude one <laughs> she asked if I needed them back she said she hadn't wanted to bug me while I was in the shower, but she desperately needed to use the scissors to cut the lettuce for the salad, Jimmy. Needless to say, <laughs> I didn't eat any salad that night. Thank God. I mean, I mean, seriously, thank God no one complained of any hair 
any hair in their salads. <laughs> I would never have heard the end of that story. Seriously, Shakers, let oh. us be honest. Remain <laughs> calm. Life is too short for boring salads. Spice it up with some cutting-edge humor like our Emily Jimster. Yeah, well done, Emily. <laughs> God, I panicked then for a minute when you talked about tossing the salad because I, I suspect you don't know what that means from your reaction. I do, yeah. Do you? Of course I do. Go on then, what does it mean? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's better that way for us. As this is a family show after all. <laughs> Great to have you back, Jimmy. Cheers. Yeah, okay, cheers. Uh, that's all, folks, for this week. Next week, we're back. Next week, we've got Liam Neeson back on the show. Please subscribe to this show so that you get the next episode automatically in your feed, by the way. Super. Thanks for your support, Shakers. Please, if you can afford it, please donate to the GoFundMe. Check the episode notes for the address and copy and paste. Please uh, copy and paste it uh, into Google. Yeah, let's get those uh, poetry requests in for Morgan Friedman. Uh, you name the topic, he'll write the poem. Same email, talkingistanbullocks at gmail.com. Uh, huge thanks to Morgan Friedman, Dr. Bruce Himmler, my man. Uh, 40 Plus Magazine, Mark E., our Chinese voiceover artist, and Eamon McAndrew. We're back next week, Shakers. Good skills. Good skills. Talking Bullocks comedy podcast was brought to you by Rain Mac and Yorma Kiriko and was produced by James Kirk. No animals or copyright were violated during the making of this podcast. Talking Bullocks 2024.